Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. Thank you for being here each and every <laughs> single week. Still to come on this week's show, as I promised, DJI talking all about their new Mavic 3 and some other fun stuff they've got going on. Plus Kensington, we're going to talk all about ergonomics, Mitchell. Ergonomics. You know, when you said when you said Montreal, I thought you were going to give it a beautiful French accent. Instead, I got some Bonjour. sort of Transyl- no, some sort of Transylvanian Dracula accent. Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, I wanted to talk for a <laughs> little bit um, yes. uh, ah, because ah. Uh, yeah. I, I, w- I had a conversation a couple of days ago mm-hmm. with uh, a friend on another radio show. And we got we got talking about our, our VR. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, let's, 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 cheating on me on another radio show. No, ahead, no, I was doing a segment yeah. that was with Matt Gurney uh, on this channel. Anyhow, cool. So we were we were talking about VR, and um, I don't know if you saw recently, Mark Zuckerberg actually released this short. I guess it's an Instagram video or it's a reel where he's talking about different VR technologies and he's actually showing you on camera the different prototypes that they've been working oh, wow. on. Okay. okay. And then he shows you the most recent one, which actually looks really pretty cool. Um, and it got me just kind of thinking about this kind of the state of, of VR and the fact that the Quest 2, in my opinion, is probably one of the best devices that are out there on the market today. Really, I think that Price anybody who... performance, all those things being taken into account. Yeah, right? it's, I, mean, I mean, it's perfectly... It's, a, it's balance yeah. and cost yep. and accessibility totally and games totally yep. continue to be made. Um, yep. You know, not as not as quickly, not as big of an ecosystem, let's say like the App Store was when it blew up, when it, whenever it did. It'll but, get there, yeah. Um, and and it, I don't use mine as much because my kids play with it a lot. And so I decided, let me put it on and let me do a couple things because we got talking about a specific experience called what was i think it was called chris's plank and okay. basically it's it's an app that you can buy and there's a demo version but basically you uh get into this elevator and you you go to various levels of of height in the elevator okay. and the plank one you walk out and oh, literally scary there's yeah. just a plank a wooden you plank that out. you walk yeah. out <laughs> and your brain is so immersed in it with the volume and the and the 3d audio and all that stuff going on that you're scared so badly that you don't want to walk out on this plank. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Mind over matter, mind over matter. And I do it. And my daughter's laughing at me in the background. And your stomach is getting butterflies at the same time. Oh, I'm shaking. I'm getting butterflies. I'm shaking. (laughs) (laughs) I I did start to sweat like my hands are starting to sweat. And then I'm like, what happens when you walk off the plank? And when you walk off the plank, you start falling. And if you look down, you're falling. And it, I had to take the headset just straight off. I couldn't just stop it. I had to take it off because the sensation felt so real to me. And we're just scraping the surface when this it comes to this technology. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> so I'm let super me... excited to see what's going to come for this. Just let, let me jump in and just talk about that holy crap moment that you just had, because now I'm going to go try Plank, by the way. Yes, you, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what it's it. called after. Okay. Um, there is a game, and we're going to talk about not just gaming, but there are so, so many other applications for VR and AR that I think are even more special and more important than gaming. But for right now, let me talk about my holy crap moment, which is a game called Dread Halls. Now, Dread Halls is a dungeon crawler that I believe I had you 
try at some point. Uh, and it's, you know, if you played a video game where you're crawling through a dungeon and, you know, you're being chased in a dungeon, you're trying to find clues and solve. It's like an adventure I, game, I, not so much. I remember a, this one. Where, yeah, go okay. ahead. Yeah. Now, when you play these games, you know, in a dark room on your big screen TV, they can be a little spooky, right? Because it's fine. You're immersed in the theme. But when you're playing a game where you're looking around corners and you're actually in the game and you're looking in a room where the creatures are your size, standing in front of your face, jumping out at you. When I tell you I threw the headset across the room and screamed at the like, yeah, my kids, my wife thought I was being murdered. The kids like, daddy, I'm like, I can't play that game. And I keep on going back to playing it and it scares the living crap out of me. So there, because there is a different experience when you're experiencing something first person in real time, in real size, than by, you know, just watching it on screen. There's a different level of immersion, of immersion, Mark. But I just want to also tell you, there are so many applications where AR and VR can be used for education. Imagine, tra we talked about this, training doctors yeah. in a virtual operating theater, what it's like to look inside the human body in a virtual or augmented reality way without the use of cadavers, without being limited by, yeah. by budget. Imagine doing a, a you know campus tour for your kids without having to fly to different states to go look at Mitchell, different just, colleges just and universities. Think of, There's think so many applications. Archaeology, visiting the Louvre yes. and the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. It's funny because one of the things that came up in conversation when we were talking about this was exactly that education side point. And right. it's funny that you know when you look at the past three years and when the pandemic hit, there are certain technologies that really evolved, like teleconferencing and just Zoom and Teams, and really, really exploded and really got good. Got really good like we're on a zoom call now and the quality is like perfection there's very little delay right. like our lips are moving when we see them but i'm surprised that the virtual reality did not take off as quickly or evolve as fast probably because there's more involved in it than than it actually did because i think a lot of the online schooling experiences if everybody had a vr headset and that's the other right. thing is people don't have it and it's I not know, like a chromebook yeah. where our school's going to buy it for everybody but if everybody had that experience could pop on a headset and say today we're going to go to the parthenon in greece okay we're going to talk about well, you know the the founding of the olympics and they could actually show things imagine how engaging that would I know. be especially in a virtual setting where people are disconnected i think because you know my wife's a retired teacher my sister-in-law's a retired teacher or friends are or current and retired teachers and what they talk about with with the with the pandemic and with remote learning is the biggest deal is how not engaged how disengaged the students are yeah. because they're in their house they have their little brother or sister behind them mom or dad are home working as well so that, that the level of engagement is not there but you imagine mark uh, now having a virtual classroom where it's like okay we're gonna do science here we're gonna look at a human cell and see what's inside of a cell everyone just uh grab that cell you see in front of you Grab that and just pull it toward you. Suddenly you're rotating a cell. You're looking at the different levels yeah. of the cell, the nucleus. I mean, it becomes such a different. Now it's something instead of that I have to do. It's something now, you know, I the difference. Do, yeah. I mean, but yeah. And there's a difference between that, when, whether it's your job, whether it's a kid going to school. We approach things so differently when we want to do it rather than we have to do it. And I think this radio show is an example of that. I love doing the show. And I hope that people hear the enthusiasm, the excitement when we do this every week because we genuinely enjoy talking about this and sharing it with you guys rather than welcome to your tech report. We have to fill our time <laughs> slot. Have a great day. But there's a difference between wanting to do and having to do in education. I think that's a huge, huge gap that we need to fill and could be filled. Listen, they're giving away iPads. They're giving students iPads and Chromebooks. Yeah. It's cheaper to give them a virtual headset. Imagine the learning experiences kids could have. I'm excited about it, and I'm an old man. Well, so this is what I think, you know, I, I think we need to get to a point where these headsets are a little bit lighter, a little bit more comfortable, because yeah. they're getting there. 
Yeah. And not as cumbersome on your face. Yeah. You know, I know they have to cover your eyes and give you that whole kind of blackout experience. A little bit more peripheral. I think we're la- we're, we're lacking in peripheral. F- yeah, widening the angle of the screen. Exactly. I, I was you. playing yeah. Vader Immortals, which is so much fun. I have it's it so and much... I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Oh my God, Mitchell. <laughs> just just being able to hold the lightsaber and actually use it and feel the vibration. Like imagine the position that your hands are in. You're holding a control in your hand like a lightsaber. So just giving you the effect of actually being able to use it oh is God, just absolutely yeah. insane. But, you know, I want to rewind our minds back to when we first started talking about VR. It wasn't gaming that we were talking about. It was experiences, not even in the education. It was concerts and it was sporting events. It was those two things, yes. and I'm surprised that those have yet to really take off because there's such an opportunity there, and there's a lot of stuff that they're doing. Intel's working wonders with the NBA, with the NHL, in, in terms of being able to bring technology to your viewing experience on a traditional TV, on a web browser. There's a lot of 5G interactive stuff oh, on the right. NHL app, for example, where you can turn angles. But the fact that we can't yet buy a seat for that playoff game and feel like we're Absolutely. actually there and watch it, I'm surprised. I am too. And I will say that one league is ahead of the curve in this res- in this respect, and that is Major League Baseball. There is an MLB virtual reality app where you can watch the games on a virtual large screen any size you want. Now, the game isn't, you're not, you're not in the arena, you're not in the stadium, I mean, watching the game from different angles and turning your head in real time. It's not that. It's sort of like the giant theater they have set up for Netflix or Amazon Prime where you're in a giant theater, you can control the size of the screen, but... You can watch every pitch come in in real time in a three-dimensional box over the plate to see how the umpire is calling the game and watching every pitch come in. Oh, wow. so in that respect, you're able to and I'm you're able to walk around the you're able to walk around home plate and watch the pitches come in in real time and see. Now it's not good for umpires because you can see when they make a bad call. Yeah, or exactly. Make it, you know? Totally. But it really is exciting if you're watching right behind the plate. You can control the angle that you're sitting behind the plate to watch these virtual pitches come in. If they could just mix that with the live game being able to have those same angles yeah. and that same experience then they're you know but at least MLB is sort of integrating you know a little faster than it seems the other leagues are but being able to take a virtual seat at a, and they can monetize this you can oh, pay for, I, I pay can, for imagine it. how I, much money they can make listen i would rather pay um, $100 to go see a concert and know that I'm going to be able to see it the way I want to see it, experience right. it audibly the way I want to hear it, without having to worry about people being in front of me, people spilling beer on me, how bad is the popcorn of the food going to be, getting there. I'd rather pay a little bit of a premium to go experience that and also maybe have it on demand after so I can experience it again from a different oh, angle if I wanted to. And here's the thing, Mark. They can sell that same front row seat to 10 million different people. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. And that's and that's what the limitation, <laughs> I guess, now is that it's it's them really accepting it. How do we get this technology? How do we get those cameras, those high quality cameras, right. into that seat? You know, how do we get it into that seat? Do we literally take up a seat and just stick a camera there and pick fixed positions around the rink? Maybe that's the answer. You know, it doesn't have to be that many cameras because remember, everyone is going to want the best view possible. Every no one is going to say, "I picked to sit in the very back," or "I picked to sit twenty-five rows off center by 20. Everyone's going to want good seats, so you pick. You, you you know you figure out what the most popular seats for every game, and yeah. you have cameras in those sections. You know, there doesn't have to be a lot of cameras because everyone's going to want to see from the yeah. best angle possible. And listen, so I mean, one, I guess yeah. we will get to the point where technology will get to the point that you could put a camera up in the press box and it's such a great high resolution camera that you can mimic it being at different levels and stuff like that. And I think we're going to get to that point, but I'm waiting for that day when I can scrap my headset on. And again, 
a lot of limitations there, and I think that we're going to get to the point where these things are going to get lighter and more experienced, but I'm really excited about where it's going. You have to go look up the plank. I can't I think it's called Chris's Plank or something like that. And definitely- <laughs> I'll look up Plank in the, in the app store, and I'll figure it out. Play yeah. Vader Immortals. Oh, my God. I've, what I've a game. I've owned it for, two, for a year and a half, and I haven't played it yet. Mitchell. And that's the other thing, by the way. If you want your, if you want your kids- to, to get off their butts when they're gaming and get and get moving. Oh, the, the amount of sweat that comes off it. my son's head when he oh plays it. Oh, you're dropping 10 pounds in water weight just from playing. So it, it's I a know. great way to be engaged and to be physically active, too. It is. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Aflalo. Thank you so much for being here. Contact at yourtechreport.com. Let us know what you think. Do you got a VR headset? Do you like it? Tell us about it. But let's take a quick break and come back because we've got Ariane on deck from DGI. We're going to talk all about that new Mavic 3. Stick around. Your tech report will be right back. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.